Welcome to the Voice of Truth radio show, folks. I'm your host, State Senator Mike Azinger, accompanied with my uh, co-host, Pastor Brian Leversey. We are the only show in America where you will experience the fusion of church and state. So right here on the Voice of Truth radio show, we'll be engaging in vigorous, robust discussion on culture, history, current events, and we'll bring it to you from a biblical perspective so if you want to hear our show, uh, it's on every day, thir- uh, every week, Thursday at 5, Saturdays at 3 o'clock. We uh, podcast at Voice of Truth with Mike Azinger, email radiovoiceoftruth at gmail.com. So I hope everyone's doing well out there. And uh, Pastor Brian Leversey, how are you doing? Man, I'm doing good. Good deal. And we had snow the other day. Snow, yes. Uh, that that was is crazy. What's April? going on around here? Well, it's not California, okay? <laughs> so we're not the sissies the in California. weather changes here. It does. Four seasons. <laughs> wow. It's, uh, yeah, by the way, the Bible says that uh, there will be four seasons forever. What does that mean? Wow, I don't. You stumped me on that one. Okay, I've gotta, so I've got that's your homework my, assignment. I have to read my Bible every once in a while, I guess. <laughs> that, that helps when you're a pastor. Yeah, I, I, uh, it's like a it's like a politician reading the Constitution every once in a while. Yeah. We we should do that too. So uh, anyway, uh, we're still in session. We got one week left, and uh, how's it, it going? It's, it's going really lousy. Really? Uh, yeah, really lousy. And you guys were busy. Had a bad week last week. You guys were busy. We were down there. I forget what day. Was it Tuesday? I think it was Tuesday. And yes. uh, we, we had a meeting down there with some uh, faith leaders in the state and uh, stopped in for a moment and poked my head into the, the Senate floor. Saw you down there. Yep. Broke three rules right away by you, you taking a, well, You were breaking a bunch of rules. I break them every day. I tried to film it, and that's where I broke a rule. <laughs> well, you're not <laughs> allowed to do that. You can't. You can't do that. Those tyrants up there. Yeah. So uh, yeah. So uh, the uh, was it uh, a couple of delegates, Jonathan Pinson, mm-hmm. and another guy uh, started that group that you mm-hmm. all. I was there. They, they did it on Tuesday when mm-hmm. you guys came. And then two weeks before that, also uh, they had a meeting, and just it's just faith faith leaders from all over the state. Mm-hmm. And we had a room full uh, a couple weeks ago when they come. It came was it was it well attended? It was. Also? Yeah, I, I don't. I think they were hoping that uh, some wouldn't probably come from the first meeting because the room gets too full and you can't yeah. fit in there. But it was, it's great to see the interest and the turnout from people of faith. Yeah. Are concerned about these very important issues that we've been talking about on the radio that we're dealing with in our right. culture today. Yeah, so. and and it's encouraging when all you guys get together and you can see that there's there's other people that are fighting the fight also mm. in the state of West Virginia. So we're not alone. You know, we're um, a lot of a lot of bad things happening in America, but also uh, God's not dead. Mm. And uh, you said something the other day uh, when we were broadcasting that that. Uh, uh, really stuck with me. You, 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 I was talking about. I said, uh, "Oh, Nebuchadnezzar." I said, "You mm. know, God used Nebuchadnezzar," and you said, "God uses everybody, mm. every single person. God uses, and that's true." 
And I think that uh, people that want to be used by God, God God really uses. And there's a room full of uh, there's pastors and uh, people that have different interests, whether it's uh, pro-life leaders or uh you know the Christian school movement, or or you know just faith leaders in general, folks mm. like you uh, who care and who address issues from the pulpit, mm. which takes uh, a copious amount of courage nowadays mm. just to simply address issues from the pulpit. And I think that uh, I always said this about about Rush Limbaugh, uh, who uh, of whom I'm a, a, a great fan, listened to him for many years, uh, but. Uh, I always thought that Rush Limbaugh, I I called him the secular Elijah, Mm, mm -hmm. because I think that he filled a vacuum left by the silence and uh, uh, the silence of the pulpit. Mm. I think that too many pastors all over America for the last 50 years have been too afraid and too quiet in the pulpit. So here you have a a guy on the radio who... uh, isn't necessarily a Christian. Probably wasn't. Didn't get saved till like right at the eleventh hour in his right. life. But he 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 did espouse conservative Christian virtues um, fearlessly. Hmm. And when when you have great courage, courage and and fearlessness, uh, people are attracted hmm. to that, aren't and they? And we need more of that today. You know? We do. I, I did an old man thing yesterday at the mall. There was I was in this. I went in this this store at the mall. And uh, the kids were wanting to go in, and we were in there looking around at some things, and a couple guys were talking about social issues. And I was hearing, and they were talking loud enough where I felt like I was part of the co- Have you ever done you – know, it's like, <laughs> I probably shouldn't get into this conversation, but, but they're talking to. loud enough where That's I right. feel like I'm part of it. Yes. And they were talking about how, you know, this, that, or the other thing with all this money that's being spent and – how, why is, why is Mitch McConnell going against them and this and that? And I don't understand if people need help, why we don't just give them money and this and that. And, and I just, I cleared my throat <coughs> and I entered, I, I don't do this a lot, but I entered into the conversation. I found myself just not being mean, but just entering into it and being like, Hey guys, I just want you to think about something. I know you guys are both young. Um, I'm in my forties now. I've got four kids. I've worked my whole life. You know, I've, I've, I've been part of what has been given to me in this country to be yeah. able to work and to support mm-hmm. my family. And now I, I want you to know something. There's no such thing as a free lunch. And when people are giving money away to, to, to programs or, or things mm-hmm. or people and we don't keep track of where it's going or if it's going to the right things, we're all going to end up paying for it. Sure. And, and they started shaking their head. Oh, yeah, I can see that. I, could, I, I think just to speak to your point. People aren't speaking up enough in public conversation. Mm. They're too afraid to mention just basic things. I was well-received. I don't know if they were talking bad about me after I left. They probably were, but I was well-received when I entered in the conversation. Well, and I educated them and on you, a few And things. you had an influence. And little conversations like that are, are what how you, how you change things. The narrative has to switch a little bit from time to time. I think we're getting bullied, like you said. Going down to this meeting down at the Capitol this week showed me I'm not like Elijah in a cave. I'm the only one. Yes. You know, there are other people who right. believe the right thing. There's that, 5,000 that haven't bowed their knee exactly. to bail. Exactly. And God always has a remnant, and God doesn't fail, right? So, yeah, we think we think often, gee, how, how are we gonna, ever going to stop this whole mess? Uh, like, uh, you know, critical race theory that we talk about all the time, with it's just this mm. systemic Marxism that is infiltrating the whole country, the whole education system. 
Um, and we think, gee, we're, 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 we've lost this thing. But, but you think of like, uh, uh, we, we give things from a biblical perspective because that's, that's how you have to look at things. And, right. and so is there, is there hope? Well, there's always hope in God, right? Mm. So you remember the story in the Bible where you know, the, the, uh, the Israelites had no food. They were star- all starving to death, and it was over. And then there was a big army right next to them. I don't know if they were about to invade them or what. Like a hundred thousand of them, mm. and they all died. God killed them all, yeah. and the Israelites raided. God said, "Okay, go get your bounty, go get your food, money, get it from the dead army." God changed it overnight, yeah. Pastor. He didn't. Yeah. He, we figure it in our heads. How how are we going to fix this? God always has a has a plan. He yeah. just needs some needs obedience. To stand up. Yes, yeah. he does. Amen. So, uh, we're going to talk. Uh, we got uh, Doctor Mark Dowler with us um, in the next segment. And uh, we've had uh, Mark Dowler on several times. He always does a great job. Job I've known uh, Mark Dowler for a number of years. His son Tim works at the radio station here, and uh, he works for you, Pastor yeah, Fellowship does a great Baptist job. Church. And just a good kid, and uh, he, he has uh, good folks. His mom and dad, Mark and Kathy Dowler, great people. But we're going to talk about immigration, a big deal going on. Mm. What's going on at the border? What's the history of the border? I think how we'll do this, pastors. Uh, I brought uh, with me, you know, maybe five, ten minutes of of history mm-hmm. to lay down a foundation of of immigration in America, and then and then the three of us, and mainly mainly you and uh, Doctor Mark Dowler, uh, are going to bring a biblical perspective on immigration. Mm-hmm. Does does God speak to that issue? He mm-hmm. speaks to every issue, Absolutely. doesn't he? So. So you're listening to the Voice of Truth radio show. We'll be back right after this. We're going to talk immigration. You'll want to hear this. Don't go away. We'll be back right after this. Welcome back to the Voice of Truth radio show. This is your host, State Senator Mike Azinger, my co-host, Pastor Brian Leversey, right uh, across the room from me. I mean, I'm, I'm thinking three feet. What do you think, Pastor? It used to be six, but now it's three. Well, so. yeah, so we this COVID stuff, we're saying forget it. We're Pretty soon going. we'll be hugging while we're doing <laughs> Maybe not. <laughs> All right, so we have a guest. Well, you shot suit. that down quick. <laughs> I'm a, oh. Anyway, so... Uh, Pastor, uh, we got Mark Dowler with us, Dr. Mark Dowler. And uh, so uh, Dr. Dowler has been with us on two occasions, which were, uh, we, had, we had a great time talking, so we wanted to bring uh, Mark back. We're going to talk about immigration. Immigration is a big deal going on at the border again. Here we go again. We've been talking about it for a long time. But but just give a, a, a just a, a 30-second uh bio of of yourself where, what do you do where'd you get your doctorate uh and uh where where you pastor and oh where you okay work? well it's good to be with you today thank you so much for inviting me and uh my name is mark daller i pastor middle ridge baptist church in the uh, community of deer walk out route 50 uh outside of town and i've uh, been there for about four years uh, i pastored another church uh, above marietta here uh, for a number of years and uh, then went to middle ridge here just a few years ago and uh, i um, i uh, received my doctorate in theology from uh, master's theological seminary uh, about four years ago and uh, so 
Uh, today we want to talk about immigration, and I want to give the biblical perspective about what the Bible does have to say about so this. So we, we got a pastor issue. from uh, pastoring in Deer Walk, and uh, Pastor Leversey pastored from Southern California, mm. dude. So Sounds we have so extremes cool. here, dude, polar, polar opposites. I know you came from Iowa, but uh, but you did just come from California, dude. Yeah, you got that uh, like the, the surfer vibe. <laughs> with the four, four Can day I tell you what? Beer? I about killed myself on a surfboard one Did you? time. Yeah, I'm not good on a surfboard. <laughs> not really that good in water, to be honest. Yeah, with you. just stay away from I'm the same way. I, I rarely take a shower. I <laughs> you can tell. All right, so let's talk immigration. And uh, uh, just a, kind of a – I'm going to just lay some groundwork up. I've, I've read on immigration for years, but uh, not in depth. So I just read a book uh, – recently the age of entitlement america since the 60s by the way if you're if if you don't understand the 60s you can't understand modern day america hmm. uh, everything happened in the 60s 60s was a giant watershed movement that uh um who knows what was happening uh uh in the unseen realm you know because we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, uh, blood but uh uh, America since the '60s, Christopher Caldwell. So he talks about immigration. So we're seeing all these, uh, all these immigrants or uh, all these folks, these pit- pitiful looking. You know, we're going to give a biblical perspective. These people are are pitiful looking that are coming from these other countries. Uh, so how do we always do it in America? I mean, have we always had a a soft southern border where where uh, millions of of immigrants came in? Do we always just let uh, whoever wanted to come into the country, come into the country. Well, we didn't. Let me just give you a little stat here. Um, so um, from uh, – I'll get to that. Let's just start with the the uh, the bill that passed in, uh, in Washington, D.C. in 1965. It was called the Hart-Seller um, Bill, the Hart-Seller Law, uh, there was a senator named Hart, a congressman named Seller, C-E-L-L-E-R. They got together. This is in 1965, and Ted Kennedy had a whole lot to do with this. So what Hart Seller did was it overturned the national origins system that was passed in 1924. So from 1924 to about 1965, there were almost zero immigrants that came into the country. Almost zero. Because we were reassim- we were assimilating the the immigrants that had come in the ways prior to that, so uh, uh, even so from the 1960s and before we had most of the, the most of the immigrants that came into America were were of like uh, 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 Western European Germany Great Britain. Ireland, Italy, Poland. So these were these were people that were coming in who had a a common. Uh, a, a, a common belief in terms of of Christianity, in terms of a capitalist system, of free markets, and so on. Not completely, but but in, in large part. So in uh, in 1965, this Hart Seller bill came uh, came about, and uh, so let me give you let me give you just a perspective. In the three and a half centuries prior to 1965, when Hart Seller passed. There was 43 million immigrants. From 1965 to 2015, that following 50 years, there were 59 million immigrants. Mm-hmm. 
So the prior three and a half centuries, uh, prior to 1965, you had 43 million, and you had 16 million more immigrants from 1965 mm-hmm. to 2015. That shows you what has happened. So uh, another thing, you, you had the, you had an orderly immigrant immigration system. So if if an immigrant came into the country, they were vetted. They had to have enough money for a year to uh, to survive. They had to have a skill. They had to learn English. So one of the one of the problems, the things that's caused the the balkanization, I call it, in our country, is that that uh, not everybody has to learn the common language. Mm-hmm. The language of prosperity in in America, anyway, in much of the world, is English, mm-hmm. and we don't we don't we don't make the immigrants. Uh, to learn that, so we've gone from a disorderly. Uh, we've we've chosen a disorderly immigrant system over an orderly one. So this is a quote from the book: A low volume Europe European immigration had not required uh, vast rural and border enforcement, but now we have to have vast rural and border enforcement because we're bringing immigrants from a totally different part of the world with a totally different belief system that we have and we're bringing them in by the millions again we had we have more immigrants in the last 50 years 50 percent more almost immigrants in the last 50 years than we did in the first three and a half centuries of our country Hmm. uh so when you bring in millions of people that don't have a common belief system um, as we have. They don't have that that uh, Protestant belief system. That's that's who founded our country. They don't have a a uh, uh, a fundamental belief in the free market system that we have. So so you're going to have you're going to have uh, uh, pockets of chaos. You're going to have lots and lots of problems. You're going to have the, the, I, b- I believe that's where multiculturalism came mm-hmm. from, bringing people into the country of different cultures that don't believe the same as we believe. So, uh, Dr. Mark Deller, I'm going I'm to go to you. I just wanted to uh, lay a foundation. What happened? Why are we here? Has it always been this way? No. 1965, Hart Seller Act, the bill that passed, pushed by Ted Kennedy, He's the he was the main mover and shaker, and all the experts were saying, even the even the uh, um, the the worst worst case scenarios given back then. Now it's not going to be a big deal. It's not going to change our immigration that much. Heart seller won't be a big deal. It's been a big deal. So uh, so let, let let's get into uh, kind of a maybe a biblical perspective or however you want to do it, Mark Dallas. Well, uh, I like what you said about that the uh, that they were in the past in immigrating into this country that they were expected to learn the language and and adopt really to the culture of the times, and uh, that really goes back to the biblical model. I mean, we our country was founded on that Judeo Christian ethic, whereas you know we. Uh, we were founded on biblical principles and uh, Old Testament and New. Uh, but uh, the Bible, surprisingly, does have quite a bit to say about immigration. Mm-hmm. Now, the, the word immigration isn't in our Bibles, but we have to look at other, other words that describe what immigration was in the Bible. And uh, there were three groups of people that the Bible talks about as far as uh, when we think of immigration. The first group is uh, what is uh, or is uh, the first word is uh, king in the King James is the word stranger. 
Uh, it's found in Deuteronomy chapter uh, 21, and it speaks about the, the stranger. That's the alien. That's the person who comes across the border and uh, just uh, lives there. And uh, uh, they were a, a, really a resident alien. And the, the Bible told the Israelites that because that they were once strangers mm-hmm. uh, in a strange land, that they were to show mercy and kindness to these people who were just trying to make a living and living among them. And uh, we see that particular admonition in uh, uh, Leviticus chapter 19, verse 34. So they were not, the Israelites were not to oppress the, the poor folks that from another country who just crossed the border trying to make a living. Uh, Exodus chapter 22 uh, and verse 23 uh, tells them very clearly, do not oppress uh, the, the sojourner. Mm. That's the, uh, the stranger. And then there was another uh, word that we use when we think about immigration today, and that is the foreigner. Deuteronomy chapter 15, verse 3 is this is the person, and it's the Hebrew word nakri, which means basically an outsider who comes in, uh, doesn't really have plans to uh, uh, integrate into the culture. They're basically there perhaps to uh, cause trouble or whatever. Or but And the Bible tells them that, uh, that the Jews had a right to evict them. Now, that's strong language. Uh, but uh, but the Bible does tell us in Deuteronomy that they had a, a, a right to once they identified who they were to to escort them out of, of of their land. So that's the second one. And then the one that we're probably more familiar with as Christians is found in First Peter chapter two and verse eleven, where the Bible uses the word pilgrims. And mm. and, and as far as uh, in a in a in a spiritual. Uh, since we are pilgrims, we as Christians are living, you know, our citizenship is in heaven. We're living here as pilgrims in this mm. foreign land we call earth. And But the Israelites, in, in a practical sense, was were actually resident aliens living as pilgrims in Egypt as slaves. So there was three words that uh, the Bible used to describe the folks that we think about today in, in this this. Uh, uh, debate about uh, immigration, but uh, one thing to be 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 considered was that uh, uh, in Bible times there were clearly defined borders. Hmm. Uh, you knew, you know, the, the Bible talks about ancient landmarks, and we think about that in a spiritual sense that we're not to go and and tear up uh, spiritual landmarks that what what people once believed. But in a practical sense, uh, uh, they had landmarks, trees, rocks, or whatever to to, to define. Uh, clearly defined borders. It's interesting that in uh, Acts chapter 17, uh, the Apostle Paul uses the word, the bounds of their habitation. Uh, In another translation, it actually uses the word boundaries of our habitation. Mm. There are clearly defined uh, 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 boundaries, uh, set boundaries. Uh, Deuteronomy chapter 32 verse 8 talks about setting boundaries, and boundaries are God-ordained. And then there was something else. It's not only were defined borders, but there are defined laws. Romans chapter 13, we are to obey the laws of the land. Uh, whether you like them or not, but we're, we're, we're admonished as believers and really as citizens to obey the laws of the civil government. So there was things. But when a person crossed the border, they had obligations in that, in that nation uh, that they were there. And there's two that we see in the Bible. And what first one was obedience to the law. 
They, they had to obey the law of the land that they were living in. And the other one was, and this is a big one, and we see this kind of today, is that they were to have an occupation in the land. They were had to be able to support themselves and their families. They were there was no social network, uh, social uh, 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 programs back in those days, such as welfare and things like that, or support from the government. Uh, so a person who came across the border, uh, who was not an Israelite but was allowed to live there, had to be able to support their family. And the Bible does really clearly tell us about that in the in the New Testament. Second Thessalonians chapter three uh, tells us that uh, you, you know very clearly that if you don't work, neither should you eat. Mm. But Paul even got really even stronger when he said in First Timothy chapter five, he says, "But if any that would not provide for his own or even for those of his own household, he's." He's really worse than an infidel. Yeah. So, so they were to provide for themselves and not to depend on on handouts or any kind of social help uh, in 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 the in Bible times. Yeah, you know, I think you you hit the nail on the head. The, the thing is, is that while God's people have always been called to reflect the nature of God in mercy and in grace and in in love. Uh, we also uh, know that Scripture has callings for all mankind to to provide for themselves, to provide for their family, to to provide for the society that they live in, and to contribute to it. And uh, never did God allow or make allowance for the nation that He called out from among all the other nations to be a doormat for other nations. In fact, God's plan was to call His people to inherit the land that he promised to them. So going back to the borders that you mentioned, Pastor Mark, you know, that's so important that God has defined for his people um, what they should do. Now, we take that to a New Testament, uh, we take that to a New Testament uh, extrapolation, and, and you're exactly right. We're a people in a strange land, you know, and maybe in a little bit we'll talk a, a little bit about how as American Christians we should respond to our own nation and we should respond to our own world uh, being foreigners in in a strange land ourselves mark dell you made uh you made several interesting points there uh but um i I was reading earlier just some of the qualifications that you had to have uh in to to come into america and and how biblical they were Mm -hmm. okay so they vetted uh they vetted americans you had to have enough money to live for a year Okay, there, were, there weren't social programs like you said. Right. Uh, you had to have a skill, mm-hmm. right? And uh, and you had to learn to speak English. So I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna bring up. I found this years ago, uh, the, this verse, and then I forgot where it was. And I prayed for years. Lord, show me because it's such a great verse on immigration. And uh, I'm going to impress you, uh, both of you pastors, with. Uh, oh, we're waiting. Yes. Uh, do, do you have bated breath? Oh, I don't even know what bated breath is, but <laughs> whatever it is, I'm sure you guys are waiting with it right now. So here it is. All right, so Exodus chapter 12, verse 48. And when a stranger, so a stranger would be another word, right, uh, for for somebody who wasn't an, uh, an Israelite, right? Uh, and when a stranger so, shall sojourn with thee and will keep the Passover of the Lord, So what's a stranger have to do? First, he has to keep the Passover. So when you're keeping the Passover with Israel, you're saying, okay, your God is my God, kind of like Ruth, you know. Your God's my God, right? Am I right here? You guys Mm -hmm. guys are the theologians. Shake your head when I'm... uh, 
Amen. Right. Thank you. <laughs> all right. So first, you keep the Passover, and then let us all let all his males be circumcised. So you're becoming an Israeli, and uh, then let him come near and keep it, and he shall be as one that is born in the land. Keep the Passover, become an Israel an Israelite, and then you're just like everybody else. You're as one born in the land. That's a beautiful phrase there. For no uncircumcised person shall eat thereof. Now, one more verse. Verse 49. I'm in Exodus 12, verse 49. One law shall be to him that is homeborn and unto the stranger that sojourneth among you. So uh, once you become an Israelite, the law is the same for you as it is for an Israelite. There's no yeah. the, the Israelites don't get a special law just because they're Israelites. Isn't that what a good God he mm-hmm. is? If you're a stranger, if you're a sojourner, and you end up an Israelite, uh, the law covers you just as just as well as it does as as the the richest man in Israel. Yeah. So anyway, I I love that I love that scripture. Uh, so anyway, continue, uh, Doctor Dallet. Well, you know, there's a, an issue today, and we hear a lot about it in the news about all these undocumented children that are that are being uh, coming across the border. They're being uh, held in in facilities uh, and uh, so with without their parents. So they are really, I mean, in a not in a physical sense, but really kind of in a cultural sense, they're kind of like orphans. And it's interesting that as we look at the situation today, that it kind of mirrors what the Bible talks about. You see, in the Bible, there are there was four categories of the most vulnerable people that needed help, and and those were widows, and orphans, mm-hmm. the disabled, and the homeless. Hmm. And we are admonished all through Scripture to help, to provide assistance, whether it's monetary or any kind of other, you know, tangible help to these folks. But it's interesting that what the Bible talks about, as we see it in today's news, about these children that are being held in facilities. And it talks about that a, there's a, a corrupt society does evil. To orphans, we see this in Isaiah chapter ten, mm-hmm. verse two, and again in Ezekiel chapter twenty-two and verse seven. So when you exploit and really do harm to unassisted, unaccompanied children, in essence, really orphans, the Bible says that you are. You know, I mean, it's it's kind of heavy, heavy hangs over you. Yeah, one thing, the, uh, Americans, we we take care of those people. Uh, we feed them, we give, clothe mm-hmm. them, we give them housing. The people that are doing evil to them are the so-called uh, coyotes mm-hmm. that bring them up. Uh, now, now, are they? Uh, let's have that little debate here. Are they? Are they entering the country legally? Well, I, I want to speak to. I think they're not a, a separation here that we have to make. Is you know Israel, as we're talking from the Old Testament, was a theocracy. Mm-hmm. I mean. Obviously, they had kings and different things that God worked through, prophets, but, but really, they followed the law of God. They were a theocracy. And when we're talking about how they handled the affairs of their country, 
I think there are obviously principles that we can carry over for how countries can interact with strangers and foreigners and immigrants and stuff like that as well. I personally believe as a pastor, the United States of America as a government has an obligation to the people of the United States of America. Now, if you want to say the church should respond to strangers and foreigners in a merciful way, and and a, a church is always called to take care of widows and orphans regardless of what context that they're mm-hmm. in. I mean, obviously within the church bounds, they're really supposed to take care of them. But for the United States of America to say, okay, well, we are... And this is this is where Christians, I think, go awry many times. Is they allow their Christian values to be painted over the government of the United States of America, and and that's not necessarily what we're supposed to do. The government is installed to take care of the citizens of the United States of America. Now we have missions programs that go all over the world and take the gospel to people in foreign countries, build homes. In fact, we're sending missionaries out of our own church just this next week to go down to Guatemala and they're going to build homes and they're going to give the gospel out and they're going to bring yeah. food and they're going to do all those right. types of things. That's not the, that's the United States of America. The government of the United States of America is not the church. Now it's supposed to operate under the values that have been there from the very foundation. But, but to say, okay, well in, in Israel, we were to take care of the stranger and the foreigner and do this and that and the other thing. Good principles can be there for the government of the United States of America, but that's not their. That's not why we have the president and the Congress and the Senate and and the military and all of this. That's to take care of those that are United States of America. And what you were speaking to, uh, Brother Azinger, is you were speaking to the fact that there's a process for that. There's a process that people historically have been able to go through to become a citizen. Like you were talking about there with ancient right. Israel, they became part of that culture. They said. You're not joining us, we're joining you. And that's what's dissipated in our country are these laws and these processes for people to actually become a citizen of the United States of America. Now, because that's been eradicated, now you got, did you watch on the news where these toddlers are being thrown over the fence? Like mm-hmm. they're hitting the ground. Like mm-hmm. like these, these, these coyotes and these human traffickers are taking these little babies and throwing them over the fence. They're hitting the ground. They don't get up for like two minutes. They're in pain. Oh my goodness. And then they're just leaving them there. And that opens up because we're not sticking with the processes that the government should put in place to make sure that people come in in an appropriate manner to connect with the citizens of the So we should have an uncertain sound across the world. And I believe President Trump did this. And that is that, uh, uh, look, if you're going to become an American, you're going to become an American the way we say you're going right. to become an American. And uh, and that's what God did in Israel in the scriptures that I just read. First, look, uh, if you want to become an Israelite, and I think there's a good principle here that you could, that can be used uh, for every nation in perpetuity. If Absolutely. you want to become an American or a Canadian or whoever, uh, first, uh, you're, uh, God said that uh, the sojourners, uh, I'm going to be your God. You're going to you're going to take part in the Passover, and uh, you're going to say, "Look, I'm I'm an Israelite. I'm I'm uh, I'm uh, uh, loyal. I think patriot is a fair word to use there." And uh, look, they had walls back then too. You have to have uh, Mark Dowler. You were talking about borders and how they're scriptural, mm-hmm. uh, and those borders. If, if they're not enforced, we didn't have to enforce them for most of America until 1965. We had this new bill, 
uh, the Heart Seller Bill that says to uh, Americans, anyone, you know, come on in. And that's kind of what our president's doing now. That's the problem. Come on in. There's an uncertain sound there. Do I, uh, you know, are, are we going to enforce the border or not? And I think that, uh, I think that people are getting the message all over the world, but especially in nations south to us, that uh, come on in. There's, there's, there's nobody that's going to stop you when you get here. Well, I'd like to comment on something Pastor Leversy just touched on was the, the from the the Christian perspective and and really in, in really uh, an American perspective of looking at this issue of immigration is in a, is there's a particular passage in the New Testament that I've heard kind of bandied around even in the media where they like to pull it out and and uh, and it's it's that uh, in uh, passage in Matthew chapter 25 where uh, Jesus is speaking and he says that. Uh, that I, when I was a hungered and you gave me meat and I was thirsty and you gave me drink and I was uh, naked and you clothed me. And they like to use that and say, see, there it is. These people are vulnerable. They're helpless. They're, and uh, we're, you know, the American being a Christian nation, they like to say that, is uh, obligated to do that. But the truth of the matter is when you look at the Bible as a whole and you and you pull out you know principles in which we were founded and which we try to, or at least at one time try to live by. Uh, there's one thing that really comes out is that Christian hospitality mm. does not include or endorse open borders. Right. So, so you know what we are we are admonished to uh, as you said before to uh, uh, reach out to. Do what we can, and uh, but uh, the idea that just opening the border, really not having a border, is is not found in within the within the scriptures. Well, you, you go know, ahead. The, uh, let me just give you one little factoid uh, that you might find this uh, interesting food for thought. There's only two nations in history that was built solely on immigration: Israel. And the United States. Mm-hmm. Now, That's you know, when you make a statement like that, you know, it, it just it substantiates the fact that this country is not against immigration, but the right way. Right. You know, the the way that is sensible, and the way that the the law originally, as you as you gave us what the law said, mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, regulated. You know that the, orderly, orderly. God, God, God said, "Let everything be done decently in order," and uh, that's that is what we had before 1965, the Hart Seller Act. We had an orderly immigration system. We brought folks in, but we brought them uh, in uh, orderly, and we we came, uh, we brought them in essentially from nations that also believed in order. Mm-hmm. Right. So, uh, just a, just a point there. Yeah. Well, I think uh, I'm looking forward to continuing our our discussion. Yeah, we need we a break back. here, don't we? So we'll, let's let's do that, and uh, we'll take uh, we'll take a quick break. We'll go. You know, we're going to we'll talk a little bit more about immigration. I think some really great points have been brought up, uh, been brought up here. So you're look, listening to the Voice of Truth Radio Show. We'll be back right after this. Welcome back to the Voice of Truth Radio Show. We had a, a great segment last uh, last segment. We got Doctor Mark Daller in, and we're talking about immigration. And um, I I think you guys were making some some great points. So 
uh, we're going to uh, we're just going to finish up with that. We're going to go another five or ten minutes and uh, some final thoughts on it. Uh, so, uh, uh, Mark Dowler, you, you had a, a few things you wanted to say. I want you to go ahead and hit well, it. Well, this immigration issue really has is uh, kind of going beyond uh, the, a compassionate uh, care issue. And it really is has been politicized, as so many things in our our, our society has been. And uh, but one thing that really is uh, really come out of this is uh, why the emphasis. I mean, there's a lot of folks that are storming the border right now, our southern border. But really, what is the advantage to other people? And, and I find just two things. First of all, and, and, I'm, and this is a political statement, so here it is. To the Democrats, there is potential voters, hmm. potential future voters. And to the Republicans, there is cheap labor. So both sides are guilty. Both sides are guilty. Mm-hmm. That's, and, that's, and that's a great observation. So we've gotten beyond hmm. uh, you know, a, a compassion issue here. This, is a, this has been a highly politicized, highly charged uh, issue. Well, just like with anything, it's fallen victim of this virtual signaling, mm-hmm. signaling stuff, you know, where, hey, you, you you hate people if you just won't let them run all over the border. You know, you just hate people and you despise them and you say you're Christians and you just hate people because you don't want everybody from all the other countries just, just running right into the border. Mm-hmm. And then on the other side of things, there are people who hide behind Christianity and they'll think nothing about not paying somebody a fair wage for their labor that they give at the same time. Yeah. And at some point, at least for, for us as believers, God has to get a hold of this thing in our heart. And and I think we've got to really distance ourselves from political advantage and we've got to say, what's the right thing to do? Because this is how creator God values all human beings. Mm-hmm. And uh, like you said, I think so well, Pastor Mark, is... You can be hospitable and not compromise the sovereignty of nations that God has given. I mean, we have to go back historically, all the way back to the Tower of Babel. It wasn't good that all of these pagans were coming together, these people who were against God, and building this tower of whatever you want to call it, whether it's the spiritual tower to ascend above God in their pride or this intellectual tower to sit, ascend above God in or their own mind. Their or, 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 yeah, working their way to heaven. Or working their way to heaven, whatever you want to say, but— God disbanded it, and he, he confused the languages, and out of that, he set up boundaries, and people navigated towards what they believed, and out of that whole mess, God called a people to himself, the nation of Israel through Abraham. And, and since that point in time, God has used the sovereignty of nations to make himself known, and that was God's complete intention behind all of that. And of course, Israel still an inconquerable nation, a place that's still so small but holds its its place right there at the top of all of the nations. Yep. And uh, America for a season now has been a nation that has looked to God, as we've talked many times on this radio show, yeah. been built on godly principles, and God has elevated it and highlighted it as a beacon of hope and freedom and, and Christian values uh, since its inception. And I think it's more insidious than just, oh, let's either let people over the border or not let people over the border. There's a one-world movement that's going on that wants to disband the sovereignty of all nations and set up a global power. And we know from the book of Revelation, we know from eschatology that this is not a good thing. When when the sovereignty of nations is compromised mm. and the one-world agenda is highlighted, yes. this is not a good thing. And we're seeing it now from... From health passports to control of this region to control—I watched a video the other day where I think it was in Brussels. You got police 
invading parks where people are just wanting to be with their family. And because of this COVID thing, they're blasting people with pepper spray and they're blasting people mm. with water cannons. And this, this, I, I was at the, at the Capitol building this week. There was uh, a German lady who's in become Charleston, a, right? in Charleston, who, who, uh, became a citizen. I think she's part of the house of legislature. Margita. There. Margita. Yeah. She was telling how in Germany now, because they have, uh, disbanded nationalism and have let uh, everybody in over the borders that now there's a mosque on just about every yeah. street yeah. and you can hear public prayer from the mosque going out all and, over the, and that, the nation. that began pastor, uh, because they needed workers decades ago yeah. and they didn't have, and, and, and you know that, all all over the world, there's a, a, a negative population uh, growth. Yeah. Uh, even in, in America, you know, if you're not at 2.1%, you know who the only nations are that don't have uh, a negative population Islamic. growth are, is the Isla- Islamic nations. Yeah. They don't have that. They understand. And uh, uh, America America has that also. But you were, you were making some, some interesting points there, uh, Pastor Brian, about the— uh, about the globalism, and you know, we started into a, a global economy. We had these uh, multinational businesses now, and when you do that, you are suddenly going to lose your allegiance to your home country. Because if you don't share allegiance to nations all over the world, then they may not buy from you. So all of a sudden, you know, uh, these countries that are paying your company money, you're going to have allegiance to them also. Pat Pat Buchanan who, if nothing else, is a great patriot. Uh, several decades ago, he wrote an article about how he he sent a letter to all these major corporations and businesses and asked them to start their meetings with the Pledge of Allegiance. Hmm. He said, I got a response from one company who said, that's a great idea. Because uh, And so, and so l- l- look what we have now that uh, uh, we have the Major League Baseball. Exactly. Major League Baseball, who... Who uh, who can't even can't even uh, uh, be grateful to Americans uh, in terms of their their allegiance their their allegiance is NBA is, the is same not way. there the NBA the NFL I mean you go across and it's becoming ubiquitous and it's it's uh, uh, it's it's not a good thing I was one more point I want to make uh, uh, you were t- you were talking about. Um, America and Israel was that you, Pastor Mark? Who's, uh, the only nations that were mm. that were created out of what immigrants? And we are a nation, yes. a nation of immigrants. But but uh, uh, a point you made, Pastor uh, Brian, about uh, 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 the, the one worldism of it all. And when you have a one world uh, uh, mentality, and, and uh, like the United Nations, you know who doesn't rule and reign at the United Nations. The Christians, the Christian nations don't. I was just reading in Galatians. I can't quote it, but, but when you have Jacob and Ishmael, Ishmael can always beat up Jacob. Do you ever notice that? Who was right? Oh, here comes Ishmael. What are we going to do? Uh, he's going to beat me up. Well, Ishmael always beats up Jacob. We are always the the Christians, and and I can't think of how the, how the verses go in that in that uh, book. But but it, it's the Christians who always get beat up. By by the non Christians, and it's been that way since uh, since uh, uh, let's see, Isaac and am I giving the wrong ones? Uh, Jacob and Isaac and uh, Ishmael. Esau. Yeah, Jacob and Esau. Jacob and Esau. Yeah. So Esau yeah. beat up Jacob. Yeah. Uh, Ishmael beat up Isaac. You know, th- there was always the uh, the tension there, and, and it was Jacob and Esau. So Esau's going to go and, and and beat up beat up uh, Jacob. 
Uh, so it's 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 the uh, it's the world that beats up Christians. Well, it'll always be that way until Jesus comes back. But uh, so uh, so you know we need to remain a Christian nation. We need to we need to 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 fight like we were talking about before the show, Pastor, to fight for our Christian values, to fight for the Lord, and um, um, that. Uh, uh, the reason that we're in such trouble is because we're not we're not doing that. Yeah. Well, I, and I think this this open border concept of of trying to love others uh, is just a political ploy for this one worldism. And what we have to do is we have to understand that. Uh, I know I don't want to get too political with this. When when we heard America first a lot. I don't think it meant America's better than everybody else. I think it meant we have our interests first because we're a sovereign nation. And we've got to take care of the principles that we've been founded on and built on. And what I have been so disappointed in is how the America first concept has been so berated and and uh, attacked. It just shows me that we've educated whole generations to not appreciate their country, to not even know what it means to – I don't think – I don't think anybody, well, I'm not going to say anybody, I'm not going to paint with a broad brush. I don't think most people in generations too far younger than ours really even get that America is its own sovereign nation anymore. I think they've been so educated that there's just this whole global community that we have to get along with no matter what. Uh, and that's just not biblical, and it's really not American, right? And so, we have uh, we're going to wrap it up here, but we have uh, we have an immigration issue again, and we got to decide: uh, Are we going to be a nation of borders? Are we going to be a sovereign nation? Uh, and look, President Trump built a wall, and that's what galvanized the country around him. That is uh, predominantly why he won. And uh, and and you have to if you don't have borders. Uh, and you don't have a like uh, language that everyone agrees on and everyone speaks and and values and and uh, a constitution that says how you're going to have a country. If you don't have those things, you don't have a country. And you certainly don't have a country if you don't have borders, because that's what defines. Like you said, Pastor Mark, that's what uh, that's what defines it. Well, it goes back to what you said previously about the—really, it's coming down to the balkanization of America, uh, whereas we, we're losing our distinctiveness mm. uh, and, uh, it, it, and really literally going, going back to, like, the Tower of Babel where they all were one, which mm-hmm. kind of goes along with the, the prophetic uh, thought of a one-world government where we're all one. But the Bible is very clear that that we are to be distinct people. We're to, to be distinct believers. Yeah. We're and uh, distinct nations. Yes. Israel was distinct from all the other mm. neighboring nations, and uh, and mm. we're losing that in this country. In part, uh, is uh, based in part because of the 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 what as we like to say the balkanization. Of mm. America, where you know languages are no longer mm. important, English is mm. not required. I mean, go into any store now, and you see signs in 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 English and in Spanish. Press one for English drives me insane. Yeah, yeah. yeah. but you made, you make a great point about Israel. It was distinct among the Asian, mm. the nations. God said, "Look, the nations that surround you will look at your law and say that's a great nation. Yeah, that is a great." And nation. that was the point. Hey, yeah. just a little converse thing here, just to, to throw it in there. Is the tennis shoe or converse? As in flip at the okay. script a okay. little okay. bit. All right. Thank you. Um, you know, I think uh, sometimes missions ministry, 
out of the United States of America to other countries gets it wrong too. Sometimes a missions ministry thinks, oh, I've got to go over to this country and Americanize these people before I can show them who Jesus is. Mm. You know, they've got to see Jesus from an American perspective. And that's also not what we're called to do. We're not called to be imperialists, to go outside our borders and to convert everybody to Americanism. We are to go out and lead people to the Lord Jesus Christ. Right. And so even from a converse issue, we're not to imperialize the United States of America. But uh, I still believe there's that distinction of borders all the way throughout uh, the world that God intended. There is. And, and uh, once folks do get in, look, we, we need to, you know, we don't. We don't have to agree that that everyone that that comes across our border illegally should be an American, but we do agree that they should all uh, be given the chance to accept Jesus Christ. Yeah, right? That, absolutely. Well, the mission field, is, in, in many ways, is coming to yeah. us. Well, Southern California, is particularly, was a melting pot. I mean, I could yeah. go knock on one one street and run into people from multiple different yes. countries. And so I, I went to Bible college in Chicago. Chicago is that. Yeah. It is a melting pot. You have Asian country, uh, Asian people, every Asian nation, South yeah. America, America, Central America, uh, coming to Chicago. Yeah. And and cer- so certainly we want to get them the gospel, and perhaps that uh, God has a, a, a providential a purpose in that also. All right, Mark Dowler, thanks a lot for coming in. That was great thanks stuff, for great information. Me. So we'll, ha- we'll have you again as long as during the breaks you don't insult us like you did. <laughs> uh, uh, Pastor Brian, can you agree oh, with me man, on that? My pride is still yeah, stinging. I'm, I'm still hurt, but of course I've known you Glad for 30 years. <laughs> You've been uh, insulting me humbler. for 30 years. Yeah. He didn't say humble. He did the humbler. Thanks, Mark Dowler, for coming on. We had a great time. So Pastor Leversey and I will... We'll uh, wrap things up here in just a minute. You're listening to the Voice of Truth radio show. This is Mike Azinger. We'll be back right after this. Welcome back to the Voice of Truth radio show, our final segment here. We're just going to wrap it up with a few thoughts uh, this uh, we're recording this the day before Easter, but uh, you'll be listening to this the week after Easter. But um, it's just kind of exciting uh, the day before Easter. I don't know what it is. I guess it's just the resurrection. Yeah. We're about to celebrate it, and uh, so I, you know, I just wanted to hear a, a few thoughts that uh, you, Pastor Brian Leversey, might have on it. Yeah, well, you know, it's just as a special time for a believer. I mean, this is what all of our hope is in. In fact, right. the Apostle Paul said. You can have all the other stuff. You can go to church. You can sing about Jesus. You can believe in Jesus. You can do this. But if he's not raised from the dead, we of, of all people are most miserable, is what mm. he says. Our entire hope rests in the fact that Jesus conquered sin and death. No other faith figure that's ever existed throughout history or religion that's mm. existed throughout history speaks to a risen Savior who gives eternal life to someone. It's always about works. It's always about what I can do. How can I better myself? And even if it is an afterlife, how can I come back through reincarnation to get it right and get it right and get it right? And we know from Scripture we can never get it right. Jesus got it right because he's the only one who's righteous. And because he died and because he was buried and he rose again as our sacrifice, he conquered sin and death. And when we trust in him, we have eternal resurrected life we are living because of jesus that's great great news i was i was talking uh, there's a um, we're in session like a, a 
uh, talked about here on the radio, but uh, uh, we're in session in Charleston. We have a two-month session that goes uh, this year mid-Feb to mid-April. So it was, we have a there's a room back behind the speaker's podium, uh, the Senate president's podium, where all the senators eat back there. It's kind of nice. It's cool. It's not real big, but it's a cool little place. And uh, so uh, there was only a couple of us in there. Uh, a couple of senators, everyone had gone, and there's a senator, he's from uh, the other party. We, you know, we, we don't agree philosophically, politically, but we were talking about uh, uh, just a, about salvation. And, um, uh, you know, I, I made the point that we, uh, about uh, the, the picture of how God created the world in six days, and then he rested on the seventh day, and that's a picture of the gospel. Mm-hmm. Man works, but God, uh, but God, uh, gives us salvation. Mm-hmm. We could rest in God and yeah. salvation. And he made the point, and I, I mentioned this in the broadcast earlier this hour, but uh, uh, we were talking about the Tower of Babel. And he made the point that the Tower of Babel was simply man trying to build his own way to heaven. Yeah. Yep. Can't do it. He, yep. God, God put a quick end to that. No, you can't do that, mankind. We have no way in and of ourselves to work for our own salvation. And and Paul even asked the question, if, if you can work for salvation, why did Jesus Christ die on the cross? Mm, that's exactly right. And because he did die, we know that the work is completed in him. You know, I ask people frequently, I ask, do you know for sure you're going to heaven? Mm-hmm. And the most common response I get is, I hope so. And the reason why is because they don't know where the mark is. How much do I have to do to get there? Right. Nobody knows. No. It's ambiguous. But Jesus knew where the mark was, and that's why he came and did it. He died. The wages of sin is death, so Jesus died as a sacrifice so we don't have to, and he rose again so we can have eternal life. And we have have the greatest Savior uh, ever. Amen. The King of all kings, the God of all gods, like Mm -hmm. Solomon says, reading Solomon uh, a couple days ago, he rose up in front of the Israelites and said, there is no other God like Mm -hmm. you, no other God like you. All right, so folks, uh, we're, we're recording the day right before Easter, so we're looking forward to tomorrow, but by the time you hear this, it'll be after Easter. Hope you had a great Easter mm. and got to celebrate uh, the risen Savior, the empty empty tomb. Before I left my office uh, on Friday, down in Charleston, there's a Christian, uh, strong Christian secretary uh, down there, and uh, I was leaving, and I said, she said, have a happy Easter, I said, he is, uh, she said, he is risen. I said, just as he said, mm-hmm. and uh, he is risen indeed. That's You're listening right. to the Voice of Truth radio show with State Senator Mike Azinger and Pastor Brian Leversey. Appreciate you tuning in, folks, and we'll uh, look forward to next weekend. Have a great day. I will choose to listen in.